Hey everyone, what's up? Uh, Daniel here from Dogs and Deadlifts. Super excited uh, to uh, let you guys know about uh, the Unconventional Canine Fitness Academy uh, membership that is uh, due to drop on the 1st of May. Uh, really, really excited to uh, put this uh, shit together for you guys. Um, basically, a, a membership site where you can access um, my Unconventional Canine uh, Fitness Blueprint, a community of like-minded people from around the world, um, all in one place. So really, really looking forward to uh, launching that one on the 1st of May. Uh, if you're interested, the link will be in the uh, uh, in the, the podcast description. I'd love to see you there. Welcome to the Dogs and Deadlifts, Building Better Dogs and People podcast. Join your host, Daniel Rose, as we discuss everything and human strength and conditioning. We talk to experts, hear from people in the know, and just talk the latest on strength and conditioning for both people and their pups. We are about building better dogs and people. So welcome back to the Dogs and Deadlifts podcast. So today, our guest on the on the podcast is Laurie Roberts from Syndicate Hounds, all the way from uh, Kansas. Welcome. Hi there. How's it going? Fantastic. Thank you very much for uh, taking the time to uh, uh, to join me today. I really appreciate that. I know that you uh, just mentioned a little bit earlier that uh, uh, it snowed quite heavily over the last couple uh, the last day. Yeah, yeah. Last night we went to bed. There was nothing. It was 50 degrees. Woke up this morning and there's three or four inches out there and the dogs had to hop to go outside. So. <laughs> oh, you got, and you, you mentioned that, uh, um, you know, how quickly I'm not not too familiar with, obviously, uh, every state in, in America, obviously being an, an Australian, <laughs> but uh, how quickly it can change and, you know, the competition and the weather is looking is looking great for the weekend. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, my first uh, field trials this weekend and we're headed down to Arkansas, which is kind of southeast uh, U.S. Yeah. And um, it's supposed to be, you know, mid 60s, mid 70s. And it's just going to be beautiful. So I'm really excited. Not too hot yet. Don't yeah. have to worry about overheating. So yeah, fantastic. So um, for our listeners out there, uh, let's, uh, you know, jump into a little bit about your background. And, uh, to, you know, today, we wanted to chat about a number of things, but primarily uh, uh, lure coursing and uh, some of the uh, offshoots events around that. Um, but you know, let's take us take us back to, um, you know, I suppose, a little bit about yourself your history your dogs and things like that right um so i'm a farm girl my family farms mm -hmm. uh grew up had dogs on the farm but my passion was horses um i showed horses for over 30 years yeah. um that was my sport you know mm -hmm. and uh ended up i i kind of i got fibromyalgia and it just kicked my butt <laughs> there was just no way to continue in horses yeah. uh, so we, I sold all them and um, was looking for an outlet and um, I was ready for another hound my mother had afghans when I was little and I thought well maybe I'll get another afghan and I thought nope too much hair <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, I ended up uh, getting my first ibs and hound okay. um, in 2015 
-hmm. and um, got my breeder contacted me and she had his aunt um, uh, needed rehomed and I picked her up too. So there I had two <laughs> and um, uh, almost Magda's almost three years. So uh, there was a really neat litter mm -hmm. was born and there I had three. And mm -hmm. now this, this last winter I got a Saluki. So yeah. three IBs and hounds uh, and a Saluki. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, my first, I call them real dogs because it's not, it, it wasn't just a farm dog. It, it was, you know, my companion. I started showing confirmation with mm -hmm. my breeder mm -hmm. and uh, her dogs were um, monsters on the field. They were great runners. Yep. Um, and so it was just obvious I was going to go run this dog. And um, his first run, it was perfect. And uh, it was at our breed national. And uh, I thought, great. And she's going, oh yeah, you got a courser. That, that dog's gonna run. Yep. So we get up to our second run and he did great. And on his third run, he pulled up. Okay. Um, he quit running. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh no. And uh, I thought, well, darn it, that's not good. And um, I went and got him and he was just kind of sore. Mm -hmm. And at the time I didn't know anything about fitness for mm -hmm. dogs and my breeder, she just, they have a huge yard and they go run and they just, that's just what they do. Yep. Um, but every time I went to run him after that, he'd always pull up lame on the first day and I couldn't, we couldn't ever get past it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I started searching and because my background in horses, I know they need horses or athletes. Well, dogs are athletes too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I found Erica Bowling, mm -hmm. um, online Northeast canine conditioning and started, I did a consult with her and we started working together to get him over this mm -hmm. issue. And, um, you know, it, it just kind of persisted and I thought, well, he's not going to be a runner. And so, you know, I just kind of, you know, would run him maybe once a year and there we'd be lame for two weeks afterwards. And I thought there's got to be something better mm -hmm. than this for him. Yeah. And, um, I think age was a factor for him. Mm -hmm. He's a very tall gangly kind of a guy yeah. and he just had to catch up. Yeah. But at, at that point I was like, you know, I, I really, want to know how to do better for my dogs. Yep. And um, it just, you know, COVID hit. And uh, all last year, I'm just kind of sitting around because I lost my job, I got laid off and yeah. I'm working on my fitness. I'm, I was training for some fitness competitions and I'm like, you know what, let's just, if they're gonna have any courses, any trials this year, I want my dogs to be ready. Yep. So then I got back in contact with Erica. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I decided to go through her program. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Because I couldn't, I knew that there were, most people lure coursing don't do the fitness piece. Mm -hmm. They like jog their dogs straight yeah. line down the road. Yeah. Um, and that's how they condition. But there yeah. are so many different aspects. Yeah. 
for sure. And, uh, you know, I've had, uh, uh, you know, Erica on my, on the podcast previously as well. Uh, she's been a, a mentor and a, a coach to me, uh, a friend as well. So, you know, we're definitely, um, you know, on the same page and we've, uh, you know, it's great to talk to, uh, you know, uh, someone else that has, uh, you know, very similar mindset, etc. Um, we're just obviously looking to apply it into a, a different sport, you know, you know, right. and would you agree that, yeah, a lot of people think, you know, as you mentioned, you know, you you know your breeder said you've got a natural here you know um right with just genetics you know genetics are, yes. are naturally there however there's so much other things that go into you know keeping a dog um a programming and keeping the dog injury free so they can do it for a long time yes yeah. for sure um you know with with sight hounds um they either are going to chase it or they're not. Mm -hmm. um, they either have that drive or they don't. Mm -hmm. But if they do, then, you know, they can outrun themselves. Mm -hmm. They can <laughs> be running so hard, they'll go into a turn and, and they're injured. Yeah. Um, and I think if you want to compete at, at top levels um, on the big courses, which you know, the ones this weekend are going to be around 650 yards, mm -hmm. 700 yards, yep. but we're going to, I'm taking Magda to the um, American Sighthound Field Association International Invitational a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Those courses are going to be 950 yards and yeah, she'll right. run at least twice, mm. um, probably three times. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a long day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's definitely time in between mm -hmm. where they get to recover, mm -hmm. but, um, it's, it, if they're not going to stay sound, they're not going to be state, they're not going to stay happy and they're not going to have longevity in the sport if they aren't conditioned properly. Mm. And I know, I know that before we jumped on air, you know, you, you mentioned that, um, you had a quick listen to, uh, last night's podcast, for, you know, with Dr. Uh, Dr. Connor uh, Brady there, um, you know, hopefully, yeah. you know, hopefully, you know, you, 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 you know, got some takeaways from that as well, you know, and, and that's what we're trying to do is, oh, you know, there's some great little inf uh, information there um, on how we can, it's all, you know, it all starts with nutrition. I, I say it over yes. and over and over, right. You know, for you and your dogs to perform at their peak three times in a weekend over 900 yards, they've got to get that energy coming. And obviously yes. they ha they need fitness, of course, you know, conditioning. However, yes. they need that constant, um, they need the energy source to come from somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. And it, it was really interesting listening to him talk. Uh, the nutritionist I work with is Dr. Athena Kepler, um, and she developed my program for me. And it I've seen such improvement over the day, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I don't worry about them being too tired on the second day yeah. because we'll run Saturday and Sunday. Yep. So um, it, it was just so interesting to see that by the second, third run, they still had that energy there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's super, it's super important. And, uh, you know, we won't talk too much about nutrition, but, uh, you know, we've got a whole podcast and our podcast on it. If you want to go have a listen, listen to that. And I've, in, I've interviewed some other people as well, but, you know, it really is super important to get that uh, nutrition and also hydration correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Hydration is so important. Lots mm -hmm. of people um, I noticed kind of limit their dogs. Mm -hmm. um, uh, sometimes at, at trials, I, I have a bucket of water in front of my dogs 
from the second we pull up. The, one of the first things I do is put a bucket of water uh, either in their crate or their X-Pin, depending on how I have them mm -hmm. um, contained. And um, the only time I limit them in any way is right after they come off the field, I have a little container that turns into a bowl. Mm -hmm. And on our, I walk, when I'm walking them out, mm -hmm. um, I give them little drinks. I don't let them gulp right after yep. they run. But as soon as I feel like their respiration is down, I put them, I, they, they're allowed to have as much water as they want. Yeah. So, but the big important thing, I don't use electrolytes. Mm -hmm. um, I do use coconut water okay. as a natural source. Yep. I don't use man-made electrolytes, yep. but um, getting their uh, protein and carb in them within 30 minutes mm -hmm. after they run. Mm -hmm. um, when I started, it was get yourself some NutriCal, get honey, just squirt it in their face, you know, yep. uh, otherwise they'll crash. And yep. what I've learned over the years is glycemic crash is what happens then. Yep. But if you give them a good natural source of protein and a uh, carb, because I have anaerobic sprinters, mm -hmm. um, they digest that slower mm -hmm. and it's a slower release yep. over the day. And it, it works so much better, yeah. so much better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, and that's why obviously we're we're here. We're talking about this uh, this type of stuff. You know, uh, nutrient nutrient timing is so so important. You know, for that um, for me to to re rebuild that energy source and then go again, especially if you're you know you're doing a number of runs over the the weekend. You know, mm -hmm. so um, you know, really excited to talk about this stuff because a lot of people they're just uh, they're not educated or they just don't know, and you don't know what you don't know, right? <laughs> you know. Um, you know, right, so right. Um, you know, but but sort of moving forward, let's you know, obviously, you know, you got the you got the hounds, and that was your your uh, catalyst to to get involved with this particular sport, and it just so happened that uh, you know they were mm -hmm. good at they were good at it. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, for people, yeah, out, I was lucky. <laughs> for for people out there um, that have never done uh, any form of coursing or, or you know um, cat events and things like that, can you can you give us a bit of a rundown on uh, you know um, obviously their ANKC event etc. But um, uh, or a kennel club, but can you just give us a bit of a you know how can they get involved? Um, well, um, now in. Europe, I don't know about Australia. I didn't mm -hmm. get a chance to look that up, but they That's do okay. have lure coursing in, in Europe. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's FCI, I think. Um, yep. But it's it's a take a what we call a flirt pole. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just a pole with a string on it. Mm -hmm. tie, a, tie a toy, tie mm -hmm. a plastic bag, just something fur and take it in your yard and see if they are interested in it yep. because if they're not, I mean, there's, you know, they can learn to, to do it, but mm -hmm. they're not going to be intense with it. Yep. Actually, one of my Ibizans absolutely will not lure a course. Mm -hmm. He has no interest in a yep. bunny, in a bag, nothing. If it's live prey, it's probably going to die. But if it's, <laughs> if it's fake, yep. um, nope, not a chance, Yeah. but, yep. um, find, find a club in your area. Um, mm -hmm uh get online and start asking people in your area mm -hmm. uh if if they're going to have a practice or a trial or something mm -hmm. um usually at trials um they'll at the end 
at the beginning or the end, uh, they'll do um, qualifying courses or uh, fun runs. Mm-hmm. And you can take your dog out and see if they'll actually chase the lure. Yep. And if they do great, then you need to start conditioning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if they don't, hey, no big deal. Um, and that's, you know, how most people get started. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do um, straight racing, mm-hmm. uh, large um, LGRA, Large Gaze Hound Racing Association, and that's a 200 yard dash. Okay. And they run four hounds at a time. Mm-hmm. And it's literally 200 yards as fast as you can go. The first one over the line wins. Okay. Um, and those are lots of fun. That's a good way to start dogs as well, because it's a straight line, less chance of injury. Uh, if you have an older dog, less chance of injury, yep. uh, no turns. Yep. Um, and they have what's called a squawker and it's a fur covered squawking thing that it's on a drag lure and it just starts squat they wave the flag and those dogs that thing goes and you just let go of the hounds and and there they go roaring down the field so it's awesome it's fun to watch <laughs> yeah and um, um fantastic and i know that um you know we spoke briefly before the um so the the cat events or the fast cat events they've sort of been yes. pop, popping up in the last uh, little while as well so can you tell us a little bit about those Yes, those are all breed events. Mm-hmm. And I think it they came about because people with non-sight hounds wanted to compete. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cat is coursing ability test. Um, and it's one dog. Mm-hmm. You, you run one dog at a time. Um, and cat is a pass or fail. Uh, there's no score. Mm-hmm. Like uh, with lure coursing, they score them on different traits and, and stuff. Um, yep. For cats, um, it's a pass fail from the judge. Uh, mm-hmm. Up to 18 inches is 300 yard course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over is a 600 yard course. So mm-hmm. fairly short, yeah. uh, pretty easy on them. Yeah. Um, and they basically just go out and, and run their little hearts out. And it's just so much fun to see other breeds do that. Um, it's more of a chase thing for them it's not the same what i've noticed um i went to an event um last month and and the the non-sight hound breeds it's a different kind of running and it's just they're just having a blast out there they're just they're chasing their toy and it's really neat um and then they also have fast cat and that's a hundred yard dash they are timed they have little timer eyes at the beginning and at the end and they run as fast as they can for 100 yards. They chase the, the lure and um, their runs are averaged to get, to get a speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the year, then they are ranked by speed. And uh, then they get invited to the year end invitational at the big show in Florida. The, it used to be the Ukanuba, I think it's the Royal Canaan in uh yep. florida yep. and um you know a lurcher won it last year which is so cool um i know there's some sight hounds that do it actually yep. a relative of my saluki puppy was the fastest saluki in the in in the states it was yeah. so cool Fantastic. Um, <laughs> you know i look i you know on that i i love the concept i absolutely love it i i love the fact that it's all breed and uh you know all sizes you know it's it's fantastic and you know when you know you know in a culture that is you know for people looking for 
and things to do with their dog, you know, physically, mentally uh, stimulating them. Uh, why not? You know, and yes. the other thing that I like as well is yeah. the, the fact that it's a straight line and therefore the, you know, potential for injury is lessened quite a lot. Exactly. And the one I went to, I, you know, I'd never done anything like that before. And I thought, well, if I'm going to be helping people um, get their dogs in shape, I need to know what they're yeah. doing. So I entered my dogs and we went and it was great because it was all contained. Mm -hmm. They had fencing up. So the dogs couldn't get loose at the end. If they didn't catch them at the end, they could run all the way back to the start and they're still contained. It was yep. safe. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's just, it, it was really great. And I think the sport of coursing is evolving because now um, the AKC, um, the ASFA, uh, American Sighthound Field Association, um, as a sighthound uh, coursing group, uh, uh, club, mm -hmm. and they're now um, doing LCI mm -hmm. uh, class, which is all breed. So now they're including, they're being inclusive as well. Yeah. Um, but I think that's how our sport is going to be relevant, um, sure. stay relevant. Yeah. Um, clubs are going to survive this way because they make a lot, uh, they're going to make a lot, they make a lot of money mm. doing that. Um, it's right. keeping clubs afloat. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. Like I was looking at the, um, you know, the, the Australian Kennel Club, uh, ANKC, and, um, I was looking at on their website and they were saying that, that uh, uh, coursing is uh, one of their fastest growing uh, activities um, in regards to participation over the, you know, uh, moving into 21 and, and 22. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's growing. And, you know, there's a lot of old timers out there saying, Oh no, this is going to be horrible for the sport. I think it's great for the sport. Yeah. And I think it, as sighthound people, it's important for us to educate. And, um, you know, I was lucky, you know, if you're a sighthound person and you get a puppy from a reputable breeder, um, they set you up, they give yeah. you that information, they mentor you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the non-sighthound people don't have that. So I think it's important to get the information out. Yeah, um, for sure. What's safe, you know? That's exactly right. And then, you know, we talk about training and how you go about, uh, you know, training very shortly. But, um, you know, I absolutely love it. I'm so excited. Uh, you know, I went to a fun day uh, in my my city. It was only five minutes on a field, five minutes from my house on the weekend, uh, a little coursing uh, fun day. Uh, and it was great. It was great to see. But, you know, from coming from my, um, you know, my background, the first thing that I pop up is, oh, shit that that dog's flying around that corner was there a warm-up done was there stretching done you know what I mean like these are my yeah. going through my head um you know injury is that an injury waiting to happen <laughs> you know yes exactly and and it does happen um I I have to say um Erica and I were so excited about maybe about getting the fitness piece out there um I'm launching my website this weekend um and I'm writing an ebook just for beginners it's for beginners anybody can read it will be able to read it but mm -hmm. what what are the this is the least you need to know to go run your dog yep. and i designed it for cat people beginners newbies mm -hmm. um people that you know they may not know i've seen dogs you know people that were non-sighthound people um i saw a dog die at a trial because the people 
didn't have their a crate in their car. Mm -hmm. They didn't have the doors open. They didn't walk it out. Um, they threw it in the car with the windows cracked a little bit and it was May, it was 90 degrees and that dog was in distress and, mm -hmm. and he died. Mm -hmm. But it's because they didn't have the, the knowledge. Yep. Um, you know, dogs that people will sit around and yeah, trials are um, social events, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. um, you go and you have fun and you hang out with everybody and then all of a sudden, oh, it's your dog's turn to run. Let me go grab my dog out of the car real fast and take him up to line. Off we go. Mm -hmm. Come back and oh, why is my dog limping? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, because you didn't warm him up. Yep. Um, and I've really gained a lot of knowledge um, uh, through uh, Elite Canine, um, mm -hmm. and I take the time. I'm, you know, we're two breeds ahead. I'm getting my dogs out. I'm going to start walking them now. I'm going to mm -hmm. start their warm up. Yep. Um, you know, within 30 minutes, my dogs are warmed up. Their jackets are on. We're ready to go. Mm -hmm. After they run, you know, I'm walking my dogs 30 minutes, 45 minutes afterwards, and lots of people just take them off the field, throw them back in the crate, right. and mm -hmm. off they go to, to talk again. Yeah. But, um, that's yeah, exactly right. And I, I think that, um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, there's currently a group of people that, um, you know, myself, I'd like to, I'd like to include myself, you know, yourself, um, you know, um, with a number of people within Erica's, uh, you know, elite canine athlete specialist course that are, are trying to educate, trying to lead the way in regards to, um, you know, uh, canine fitness. And, and, you know, there's a whole different, uh, a lot that goes into it in regards to different elements, but, you know, let's, uh, you know, talk for, you know, about, uh training you know that um once you get your obviously the website for the the website up and running i'd love to be able to in the show notes of the podcast link to that for you you know so if anyone is interested they can reach out to you um you know but um in regards to sort of overall training obviously we we know that there's a number of different components going go into it but um in your you know in your opinion how do you know how does one uh in a quick overview get started and what elements um would you be sort of focusing on um so these guys um they need to um they need free running they mm -hmm. need some time out in a big area mm -hmm. off leash stretching their bodies um using themselves mm -hmm. uh you know i'm i free run my dogs um five days a week yeah if i can manage five days a week. I, I love it. Sometimes it's just four. It depends on the weather. Um, uh, but they they go out and they move and they just, you know, my two young girls, I mean, they're chasing each other and they're running hard. Mm -hmm. My, my older boy, he's kind of thoughtful in his, <laughs> and how he expends his energy. So his is mostly just kind of trotting around, but they're moving and they're stretching. And that's, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, depending mm -hmm. on how they feel. Yeah. Um, but we also, and those are usually sprints, you know, they're okay. sprinting. Yep. Um, you know, I like to, when I'm really heavy duty competing, we had some bad weather, so I haven't been practicing endurance um, mm -hmm. as much as I'd like, yep. but I'm uh, trying to get them out um, up to three miles. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll walk, jog, kind of hit cardio. Yep. what people would consider hit cardio. 
um, for th- about three miles. I do that three to four days a week. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And then along with that, um, if I might do hit cardio, I might do it on a trail that's right up the road for me. Yep. So we get varied terrain. So we're up and down some hills for some strength. Yep. Um, we do, um, I have a hill in my backyard that my girls sprint on and that's just at their leisure. So yep. they're, they're almost every day that the young girls are, are doing strength. I do, um, um, structured exercise for strength training, um, you know, squats for them, you know, down to stand stuff yep. like that. Yep. So they do have a structured strength training, um, three days a week. Yep. They don't need a lot, but they do need some because sure. they have to be able to push through the turns. Um, yeah. but, uh, a huge piece for me is, um, flexibility and balance as yes. well. I, I was, uh, that, sorry. I didn't mean to, uh, that was my next yeah. question. How do you get a, you know, let's just say a, a hound, <laughs> you know, yes. you know, long, tall, how, you know, they're not, uh, they're, they're not like a, uh, a Australian Kelpie or cattle dog, you know, no. or a border collie that does, you know, um, agility, you yeah. know, how do you go with yeah. your, your balance and your proprioception with these type of dogs? <laughs> Yeah, you know, and and my breed, they're to be in the standard, it's they're longer than they are tall. Mm-hmm. So there's already, um, they're not as stable there. They're not a square breed. Yep. So um, we work on three-legged stands. We ha- I have Fitbone and FitPi equipment that we work on balance that way as well. Yep. Um, uh, the flexibility piece is huge for these guys. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, we're, we're, flex- we're doing that every day. Mm-hmm. We, we do stretching every day. Yeah. We do balance um, and um, proprioception, uh, you know, uh, my red girl is a little, she doesn't have, a, she's not a real confident girl. Yeah. So we work on that just slowly going over ups and downs and on different unstable surfaces. Um, you know, it's a little slower with her. Yeah. Uh, my my old man, he's, he'll just barrel through anything just for a treat. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we've, I've actually started agility with him as well. Oh, yeah. So, you know, he's getting a lot of strength and, and balance and, and things through that too. So yeah. um, they like to go run and they, I love my coursing, but mm-hmm. you know, he's my thinker and he needs another job. So <laughs> we're doing agility too. Yeah. I've, so. you know, and I've got, um, you know, for me, so I've got uh, two uh, German shorthead pointers. Um, you know, our primary sport uh, uh-huh. is uh, Kenny cross bike jaw. Um, but, but one of them, he, you know, he's right. happy to, he's happy to go and trot. Um, you know, he's, he's not into uh, going a hundred miles an hour like the other, but um, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I will candy cross him and, but, but looking for, as you, as you mentioned there, he's a thinker and looking for um, he's very methodical. So we started nose works and uh, sent, you know, sent games with him, you know, so like he'll, he'll come and run, uh, you know, I would say 10 kilometers, no problems, you know, but he doesn't pull out in front. He's happy to just trot beside me in third gear all, all day. Um, but very, very um, right. methodical. And as you mentioned, a thinker about things. So, you know, looking for another outlet for him because, uh, you know, uh, I don't want him to uh, be, uh, you know, he gets a little bit cheeky if he's not mentally and physically stimulated. <laughs> 
Yes, that's that's how my gen is. He's he has to have a job, yeah. um, which is interesting. I um, my little red girl, she just falls to the walls. We're going to run as fast as we can and just, mm-hmm. yep. you know, let's go kill it. Yep. And he is like, OK, let's think about this for a minute. Yep. There might be something closer right over here. So I'm going to check this bush out and uh, you go have fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. So there, it's, a, it's, it's awesome how, you know, uh, potentially two two dogs from, you know, very similar genetics or, or lot of the same sort of breeding lines can be so different. Hey, um, in, in mm-hmm. different ways. Yeah. Um, but uh so you've got competition coming up, uh, what, this weekend? Yeah, this, this week- weekend. This weekend. Yeah. Um, it's Magda Field Championship um, last November. So yeah. she's a uh, she's field champion. She's in the specials. I entered her mm-hmm. um, just for work for the International Invitational in yeah. Iowa next month. Um, and, uh, Jen, he, he surprised me. Um, he's the one I didn't think would ever really run. And then I started all this fitness stuff with him and he grew up and he matured Mm -hmm. and, you know, he picked up both his majors. Um, the two times we went out last year and he's seven single points away from finishing his field championship and he will be my first dual champion. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I'm Super hoping, excited. fingers crossed, this yeah. weekend I come home with a dual champion. So. Yeah, yeah, fantastic! It, you know, can, well, I won't, I won't jinx it just yet, but uh, I'm sure it'll be fantastic. You know, um, you know, but but certainly, um, you know, um, really looking forward to uh, obviously dropping this podcast and letting people uh, have a good understanding of uh, the uh, the coursing events that are out there. Um, you know, most of our listeners from the podcast are in the US. You know, so um, they can certainly. Um, you know, once uh, I get, um, you know, your web, you get your website up and running, I can certainly link in the show notes to that, um, you know, and they can certainly grab that that ebook on how to get started or, or how, how would they go about, um, you know, reaching out? Have you got a Facebook page at the moment? Um, I do have a Facebook page. It's mm-hmm. under Lori Roberts. Um, yep. I'm going to launch Houndsland. Um, you can find me on Instagram under Syndicate Hounds as well. Yeah. Um, and the website's going up uh, this weekend, and the the ebook will be a free download hmm. um, on my website. Yeah. Um, I just really wanted to get that information out there. Yeah. Um, and it's just a overview of kind of, you know, what you need to look for, what's important for for your coursing dog, the equipment mm-hmm. they need, yeah. um, and kind of, you know, your warm up, cool down and, yeah. you know, the, the important things. Absolutely. The... Anytime I can, if anybody wants um, mm-hmm. uh, more information, I'm available. Um, absolutely fantastic and I was going to say you know some of the the important things in that ebook that often we overlook you know or mm-hmm. we we don't consider as you mentioned earlier you know you get the dog out of the back of the truck or the or the crate straight into a you know a, a sprint that is you know balls to the wall 100 100 you know from zero to 100 miles an hour Mm-hmm. you know, within seconds, <laughs> you know, yes. uh, you know, yes. and uh, I know that we, you know, as humans, we certainly don't do that. And, um, <laughs> you know, and you know, unless you're an Olympic athlete, but, uh, you right. know, there's years of preparation and conditioning and, um, you know, a systematic training approach that goes about that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you wouldn't ask somebody that's just as a couch potato sitting on the couch mm-hmm. 
to get up and go run a hundred yard dash. Mm -hmm. You just wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. um, it'd be impossible. And, mm -hmm. and I think I see so many people taking their couch potatoes off the couch mm -hmm. and go asking them to run 650 yards mm -hmm. all out. Yep. And, and uh, it doesn't take a lot, but mm -hmm. it, it takes, it takes some, um, uh, depending on where you want to compete at yep. for sure. Yeah. Look, uh, look, you know, I'll look, you know, we'll, we'll wrap it up there if that's okay. Um, but, you know, look, I really appreciate, um, you know, you, you, like I said, you're coming on, giving you a little bit of an insight into uh, the coursing yourself. Uh, and also, you know, if anyone's out there and they're, they're looking to, um, you know, to get involved, they can, you know, I'll certainly be able to, uh, to link once that's all up and running. So this, the podcast will be uh, drop in a couple of weeks. So by the time the podcast goes live, okay. uh, we'll, we'll have that all that information. Perfect. Wonderful. Yep. Is there anything that you'd Gosh, like to Gosh, it was good talking yeah. to somebody that that's in, um, that's working with Erica too. So yeah, that's exciting. Uh, is there anything that's that, great? Uh, is there anything that you'd like to add in regards to, uh, you know, lure coursing, uh, you know, how people can get involved before we sort of wind it up? Um, no, it's just search, just get out there and, and search. Um, if you want to do it, there are people out there that will help you. Mm -hmm. Um, and even if it's somebody in another country, like if you have somebody mm -hmm. in Australia that needs some info, I'm, I'm available. Um, we, we really try to be really inclusive. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, our, our groups are getting kind of aged <laughs> of late <Yep. laughs> and sure. we're trying to find new blood and, and, you know, the non-site hound people, just come ask us questions. Um, we're happy to help you get started. Absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. So. Fantastic, guys. So uh, if you've liked what you've heard to, uh, today, please feel free to uh, like, uh, share, subscribe uh, to the podcast. Reach out to, to uh, Laurie if you, if you have any questions or myself. Happy to help. Are you looking for the perfect gift for you or a friend that loves dogs and fitness? Dogs and Deadlifts has you covered with merchandise and giftware including t-shirts, hoodies, cushion covers, mugs, plus much more. Head over to teespring.com forward slash dogs and deadlifts. That's T E spring.com forward slash dogs and deadlifts. Or check out the link in the podcast notes.